With over 50 years of real estate experience, the team at Powell Fine Homes have dedicated our careers to taking care of our clients, ensuring that they get the best possible results and service when they engage us to represent them. From first-time home buyers to multi-million dollar home sellers, from regular sales to short sales and foreclosures, we've seen it all and educated our clients along the way. As broker owners, we have serious visibility into the Los Angeles and Ventura County real estate markets and are about to share some of what we're seeing with you right now. Get ready for the Powell Fine Homes Real Estate Show. Okay, thank you for joining us again for another episode of the Powell Fine Home Show. And today we have with us Laura Berg of HMS Capital. I can't even remember when we weren't doing business with Laura. It's been that long. And Laura has been our lender of choice forever. And also lender, Laura is also our fireman in that when another deal falls apart, when we have the listing and a buyer comes from the outside from another broker and their lender can't get it done, we take it to Laura and Laura gets it done. So Laura, thank you for joining us today and welcome. My pleasure. Glad to be here. Excellent. So with all the COVID-19 things going on today, every time I turn on the internet and look at a, you know any kind of Facebook or news item, whatever, they're all saying, oh my God, lending's broken. It's the end of real estate. We're going to have 40% declines. It's the end of the world. And of course, you and I both know that's not. But what I'd like to do today is talk about it so we can send this out to our client base and our friends and, and everybody else who we know and just let them know it's not as bad as the media is trying to make it out. So first of all, what is actually broken in lending that wasn't broken two months ago? We have a few changes. And of course, we're used to changes in lending anyhow, and it's all circumstance driven. But uh, what happened a few weeks back was what we call subprime lending or lending that doesn't fit into Fannie, Freddie, FHA, or VA type guidelines. It's called non-QM lending. It completely went away. We also right now are actually seeing it trickle back in a little bit, a little bit, not like it was. Um, jumbo, it's not broken. It's just also changed. It's not as readily available as many sources. Mm -hmm. However, we're still closing jumbo loans. Banks are closing jumbo loans. Of course, they've tightened the guidelines. Uh, people want higher FICO scores. They want more reserves. The jumbo market has always been a little tighter on what they want. They've just tightened it a little bit more, but it's not gone at all. Um, and with Fannie and Freddie, they've raised up the guidelines a, a little bit as far as credit scores. Mm -hmm. um, they, they've tightened up a little bit. They've just sort of cleaned up the loose ends of things that might be a little bit iffy or a little bit soft. But they have, it hasn't gone away. The only thing that really left us completely was that subprime market. Hard money market still was there. Hard money still there. Um, but like I said, yesterday we, got, we saw some inklings um, that some subprime is coming back out in the world a little bit. Uh, one of the companies that had gone kind of temporarily out of business announced yesterday that they're going to come back in limited basis with limited product. So even that's kind of maybe finding a little bit of footing, not like before, but so there's not really too much broken. It's just gotten a little, you know, a little tighter. Um, and of course, one of our big guidelines is 24 to 48 hours prior to funding any loan. We just have to call and make sure they still have a job. <laughs> and before, <laughs> that's yeah. always critical. Yeah. So that's it. So, so it's not broken. Of course, when, at getting back four weeks ago, we'd come to work the next morning and we were all going, oh my God, what's changing today? Because it felt like just everything was changing. Government world changed a little bit. Um, again, tighter. They raised the credit scores. The rates are changing a little bit. So nothing's broken. It's just a little bit tighter and different. And then, like I said, the subprime market, it's, it's the thing that took the biggest hit of all. And it looks like it might be rearing its head out there. So 
That's actually good news. We've had a couple deals with investors that fell apart where either one of them lost their revolving, uh, you know, warehouse money or whatever, however you want to yes. call it. Uh, you know, they, they not only had they lost access to the millions that they had for the flip for the short term loans, it, they had also had to refund. They, they were a big flipper. They had 60 or 70 homes here in Southern California between LA and Orange and San Diego counties. And they said they had refunded almost $500,000 to buyers that were backing out of loans either because they were not qualified anymore or they just got scared by what was going on. Because three or four months ago, it was crazy. It actually felt like 2009 on the lending side for a while because everybody we spoke to said, I can't even quote you rates today. This was like uh, towards the end of March, I guess it was, yeah. maybe the first week of April. Yeah. Couldn't even, that, that, that Thursday and Friday of that week, they couldn't even quote rates because nobody was buying on the MBS back end. It was crazy, but I, well, I'm not getting that same feel right now. Yeah, you have to lock it instantly. Like you have to lock it instantly. And that's when Jumbo, what happened then was some people that had Jumbo, I've always locked more with the traditional banks because I just feel more steady there. Um, but what happened is like, we have 15 Jumbo lenders. There's mm -hmm. 11 right now that we're not even, they're still doing business, but we're not comfortable putting our loans there because we're not sure if through the process they'll still remain or still have their warehouse lines. So that's kind of what happened with jumbo money. It was just disappearing in the middle of people's transactions. It happened to a couple friends of mine and they had to scurry around, do first and seconds, change them. You know, they, so that, that happened to jumbo. So we're very aware of what investors we lock our stuff with on the jumbo line. We're Fannie and Freddie direct on the other. So it's not a big deal, but jumbo, that was a real, a real prop, a real challenge for a lot of people. That's why I think the rumor got out there that there's no more jumbo loans. There are, in fact, you just have to, you know, be responsible where you're taking them. Okay, let's talk about the other side of the spectrum. Let's talk about FHA and VA. You had said earlier that they've raised their credit limits a little bit. Let's dive into that a little bit more and talk about what somebody could expect if they're doing either a VA or an FHA loan right now on a, let's just say conforming for the yeah. sake of the conversation. Conforming, it's beautiful. Well, they still have, every lender's a little different. Some lenders have gone all the way to a 680 score. We're still at a 620 score. But um, on traditional lending, true conventional in, our, in any of our counties at that 510, 400 mark, they're gonna be down in the high two, low threes. I mean, the rates are phenomenal, but just the credit, the credit scores have changed. So they're not hit too bad, just their credit scores have changed. Now you go to the high balance VA FHA. Now some people have raised the credit scores, you know, all the way up to 680. We're again, still lower than that, but the pricing is different. High balance pricing right now, there's a bigger range between regular true conforming and high balance. High balance is different types of investors, different types of, you know, different types of pools to buy the money. So our high balance loans are now gonna be higher than our conforming. They've always been a little higher, but there's a big spread right now between the two. You might get like locked in something yesterday at three and eight on a true conforming and three and seven eighths on a high balance. And so FHA and VA are the same. Now, go back two weeks. We thought FHA and VA were coming to an end. We we're having rates quoted with six and seven points. Oh if it was, you walked it, you walked in the next morning. You're like, what just happened? Because I don't know if everybody's um, knows about forbearance, but forbearance means you call your lender and they're going to delay your payment. Um, well, when you are a Ginny Mae back servicer, which means a, fan, a VA or an FHA, those servicers still have to pay what's not being paid. Well, what happened then is nobody on wall street, or money back securities wanted to buy those loans. They were done out. They were like, oh, these are too risky. So overnight, our rates, like one day they were like five and a quarter with four points. We we're like, what just happened? It settled down. 
back to, but, but things get thrown at us like that right now, depending on Wall Street and where the money-backed securities are, and the purchasers. So I think it's all settled now, though. We had our two big shocks with jumbo people going out of business and FHA and VA were just like, all of us in the business were like, what just happened? But it was a very short, very short thing. And now we're back to great rates and stuff. But again, you brought, you brought something up. I want to go back to just for a second. When you talked about the servicers still having to pay the investors, I want to unpack that a little bit because not most, most people actually have no idea what's going on with that. So as oh. I understand it and correct me if I'm wrong, the servicer, even though there's a back-end investor that owns a loan, you, you might send your check off to Chase or Wells Fargo or any of the big people who, who make a lot of money servicing, but they don't own the loan. There's a back-end investor who owns it. And if it's a government-backed loan, Betty Fran, Fannie, Freddie, or is it anything else that has mortgage insurance on it, or is it just FHA and VA loans combined? It's the FHA and VA right now that we're really we're getting thrown into a, you know, a, okay. a real quandary about. So if you're lost your job from COVID-19, whatever, and you call up Chase and you say, Hey, I, I, I can't make my payment for the next 90 days. I, so I read an article yesterday. They actually have an automated line. You call in and you just have to say, yes, I can't make my payment. They say, great. You don't need to make a payment for 90 days. But the reality is that that just turns into a balloon where those three months of payments you didn't make on the fourth yeah. month, not only are all three months due, so is the fourth month. So now yeah. you've know, you got a $3,000 a month mortgage. Now you got to come up with $12,000. So, but makes no, over makes no those sense. three months, that servicer chase still has to pay the investor what you would have paid anyway, minus their fees every month. So now we're talking about all the servicers losing all their capital because they still got to pay the investors, right? Yeah. So every, all the lenders out there, direct lenders that were scrambling to look for different investors for FHA and VA, because it, it just, it came to a halt. We thought the world was ending. Oh my gosh. And then a week later they had it all figured out. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That, that one week reminded me of 2009, back when we used oh. to have to call each other every week. Okay, what changed today? What changed today? What changed exactly. today? Well, it, that's it, been the whole past month. We haven't had, in the last week and a half, been pretty settled in our world. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, we managed through all the rest. It's it, We've closed everything. It's, you know, we've had to adjust, of course, because things are just slower because people are working from home. Some people aren't working. Some people are afraid to work. But we've done it. You know, we've got, gotten through it. It's been interesting. But like all changes in the lending world, um, I think you and I have talked about this before when they came out with the closing disclosure at the end. Nobody thought they'd ever close a loan on time again. This was just like the end of the world. And of course, now it's like second nature. You don't even think about it. True. Yeah. yeah. I remember. So it, like, oh, it's going to add four days. It's going to add a week. It's going to add 10 days. Yeah. Now we don't even notice it. It, it still happens. We just had to get quicker rebound on our end. We couldn't get shocked and like, we just had to look at it, do it. Okay, what do we have to do to get going and fix whatever is going to get caught? So um, that's what we did. Everybody just sort of, you know, and there are a lot of loans in the pipeline right now. We'll talk about this later. Not a lot of purchases at the moment, but a, a whole lot of refis. That's and good. So a lot of people counting on those savings, monthly savings that they're getting with these rates. So it was a big responsibility and people were scared because they didn't know if they're going to keep their job. I mean, it, so it, it was, we just had to stay on our feet and not get too taken back by any day's news. We just had to adjust quickly. Mm -hmm. And we all have, all, everybody has. In this real, in, in real estate or lending, if you can't adjust or adapt, you're gone. And that's when we coach new agents or we're teaching a class for new agents, one of the first things we tell them is, look, adaptability is skill number one. You have to have adaptability. We used to joke, I mean, th last year we were telling all our clients, yeah, we've just evolved our, our business for the third time in 15 years. And bam, here's 2020. 
four times yeah. now. <laughs> yeah. You know, we had to add all kinds of stuff, but it's okay. That's why we're still here. That's why you're still here. And we're so, all anxiously waiting to see what this all means at the end of it, too. Yeah, yeah. I, nobody's yeah, crystal ball goes that far at this point. But, you yeah. know, it, it, I, I see legs everywhere. You know, it's interesting on the listing side, we're seeing, like in the San Fernando Valley, if you look at the higher end, you know, Sherman Oaks, Tarzana, Encino, Woodland Hills, parts of West Hills, Bell Canyon, Chatsworth, we're down 50% year over year on listing count. Prices aren't really moving much, but the listing count is off. But that one data point is the one that seems to be getting thrown out there and people are confusing unit count with dollar or pricing. And they're saying, oh my God, prices are coming down. They're not. I mean, people who are really overpriced, they've been brought back to reality. And there's certain things like, for example, we're putting a listing up and it's either going to come up next week or the week after that in February, if we'd gone on, we'd put it out at 925. But now because everything's going on and other sales in their neighborhood, we're coming out at 899. So, you know, $25,000 adjustment. It's not huge, especially in that price point, but it's what we have to do to, to make sense. Sure. And uh, if you go into Conejo Valley, they're actually down about 25% in listing count. You go to Moore Park, they're actually flat. Go figure. I have no idea why. And then you go to see me, they're down by about half as well. So a lot of people have pulled off. A lot of people who don't need to sell are thinking about it twice. So basically you, on the listing side, the ones who are out there, the ones who need to sell and the buyers who are out there right now, it's kind of like Christmas time buyers. They're the ones who are most serious. They're not kicking tires. They're out there to buy a house. So it's good. We're seeing less showings, but the ones that are coming through the door are dead serious. They really are. I, hear, I gotcha. I hear you on that. So on that point, let's move on to appraisals, which is a key part for all of us. What are you seeing? Um, you know, again, another thing we were just shaking to the ground and oh my God, how's this going to work? It, it's working fine. So a couple things. Um, we have to have full appraisals, or we did until a few weeks ago. Now we can do a drive-by or a desktop, which means they don't actually have to go into the house. Um, so it's appraisals are running a little longer just because of the quantity of refis that are out there. It has nothing to do with the virus. It has everything to do with the quantity of refis. Um, and some people, what I always tell somebody, if the value is inside the house, we really should consider a full appraisal because a drive-by or desktop is not going to grab that. And when you're talking about a purchase, that could be a big part of it. So you want to do a full one. Everybody seems to work it out. The appraisers have their rules. They're going to come in. They want all the doors open. They don't want to have to open up a closet door or bathroom door. They come in with their mask and stuff. They don't want the sellers in the house. And the sellers and the appraisers seem to be working it out. Um, drive-bys, we were really a little nervous about even kind of going that direction when it was given to us as an option because we were really... Um, a little concerned about value, but no problem. Two, last two weeks, no problem on value on our desktops or drive-bys. That's um, excellent. So yeah. one thing you said I want to go a little deeper on is when you said if the value's in the house, what do you mean by that? So kitchens, bathrooms, upgraded floors, they put, you know, all the stuff that makes your house worth more than the comp down the street. Yeah. And somebody says, well, can we just send pictures? No, they don't know that those are your pictures or not in the house. You can't, you can't say, oh, here's my house, because how do you prove that that's your house, right? Um, but if the value is inside the house, we, we definitely want to, um, you know, facilitate a full appraisal. And we don't, and up until just a week and a half, two weeks ago, all through this, we've only been doing full appraisals if they were required. Sometimes, by the way, Fannie and Freddie, they'll give you appraisal waiver where they don't even need an appraisal at all. Now, we always leave that up to on a purchase transaction, especially to the realtor and the client. Would you like to buy this house without an appraisal? Are you comfortable with that? because it's not, Fannie and Freddie aren't asking for it. And that's usually with your down payments that are, you know, more than 5% down. So, so is that, oh, I'm sorry, is, is that determined by a combination of their credit score and down payment or is it? All, it's, it's, we put it into the system called the desktop underwriting system mm -hmm. and it tells us. 
it, okay. it, it either sees something it likes based most it's based a lot on value of the home of the you know loan to value so we don't see them much on five percent down but twenty percent down we you know we get them in fifty percent down we get a lot of them and Fannie and Freddie we have noticed during this time have actually accelerated that program mm -hmm. and they're giving out more than we normally see appraisal oh, nice. yes okay yeah. We, about a month ago, we, one of our listings has a court approval required. It's a guardianship sale. And we had to find an independent appraiser because the court had required a uh, appraisal with it. We actually came into the issue where uh, we, we have a few appraisers we deal with on the independent deals for either our cash buyers, the investors, or uh, you know when the courts are for a probate or a guardianship or conservatorship. And we started going down our normal list. And it was interesting because our, our first call was self-quarantining because the he's, he's in that age group and he was quarantined. I'm like, great, no problem, I understand. I always respect that, I don't have a problem with it, but I still need to get the appraisal done. Then we called the next person and they weren't going into any houses, they didn't want to do it. They weren't quarantined and they just didn't want to go any houses. And the third appraiser we got, they were okay, they did it. it and then also we wound up with the buyer needing a separate appraisal, so their appraiser came out and he was fine with it too, but he was masked up gloves the whole nine yards. I basically opened up the house, turned all the lights on, walked out, had him go in. It was a vacant property. He did his business, came out, and we were fine. But it, it took a while to get somebody, get an appraiser on deck who would go in. Are you seeing any of that? We only had one, one appraiser take himself off the panel and he's already come back on. I think when it first came out, some people got a little bit nervous. Mm -hmm. But we, out of our whole appraiser panel, we only had one that got it. I, I think also what happened at the same time the coronavirus hit, you have the most loans and pipelines that people have seen in history in some cases. So there's an opportunity for these guys that are torn. You know, there's, this is going to be the most money they're ever going to make right now for a long time, right? Because there's such a volume. Yeah, so right. we only had one that um, waited out and said, no, I'm not going to go out. And then he called and goes, oh, you know, I'll come back in. <laughs> so, <laughs> Too much money left on the table. There is, yeah, there's just a lot of business. They're all as busy as they want to be right now. Now, we've cut into their business a little bit by Fannie and Freddie giving so many appraisal waivers, and we can now do desktops and drive-bys, which they still do. They, it's just not as, the, the fee's not the same. Um, so, so do the lenders have an in-house division that does the, the, the uh desktop appraisal it's still the appraisers it's okay. still on your appraisal panel that do that do them yeah excellent so, so what's the general mood in the lending community right now about how things are going and where they're going well let me tell you i keep really good track of numbers and i have for years and years so i went back to november and i looked at how many pre-approvals i get in lead calls from buy from buyers now let's go to the real estate side okay now three say so i usually get about 45 to 50 purchase lead calls a month, correct? Okay. And every month religiously. Do you know that that has not changed through all of this? Which means the interest of the public is there. They just don't have the opportunity to go facilitate getting a home. Now, we go and look. Really, mid, -mar mid third week, fourth week of March, the purchases pretty much stopped. Mm -hmm. We closed out what came in the first half of March. We're closing those all out. And so for three weeks running, there were no new purchase loans that came in, which is highly unusual because we usually get five a week, okay? Now, this past weekend, when I protests are starting, the farmer's market's lined up down the street, people are on the freeways, you can see that the mood is changing. Two people actually wrote offers and, the, and, and, became, and came into escrow. So it seems like there's that three-week pause where people are just like, I can't go out. Realtors actually didn't know what to do, how to show a lot of them. So... The, sort of the industry almost came to a stop while trying to figure it all out, right? 
And now this weekend, you can see, boom. But the interesting part I thought was super interesting was not one, not one number wavered that whole time of people that are interested in sending in all their documents. Because when they send their documents in, I mean, they're serious. They're not just sending them in for, you know. So that never changed. That number's never changed. So people are just sitting home and they still want to go do what they want to do, mm -hmm. buy a house. Yeah. They're just, they weren't facilitating it for those three or four weeks. And now you can see, okay, and not that houses didn't sell during that time, they did. But just watching our own numbers, it was really interesting to say the interest is there for sure, but people just weren't, I don't think they all knew how to go do it. You know, like, no, what do you do? <laughs> it's true. And we're even on the realtor side, we're, we're learning stuff left and right. You know, Kirsten and I are tech savvy and, and, and as adaptable as they come. And we had to go out and buy a 3D camera so we can do the 360 tours. We're doing live open houses, you know, virtual open houses from the homes or between the video and the 3D tours. And I'll tell you what's the interesting thing is we're running our Facebook. We always run Facebook ads. We're getting four to five times to click through on the same ad, same picture, same photographer that does all our work, uh, you know, same copy, same emojis, everything than we got prior to COVID. And you can see that the pent up demand is really there because we came into this year, honestly, we had more business in the pipeline than we did all of last year. And last year was a very good year for us. I mean, and a lot of that's fallen by the wayside, you know, people who decided not to sell or buyers who now, because they were impacted by COVID, can't buy right now. Hopefully we'll get them in the third or fourth quarter, get that turned around. But there's still, the desire is still there. Mm -hmm. And we're seeing it also when we talk to other agents. I mean, for example, you have, I believe, five pre-approvals going through for buyers of ours right now. I have one right on my desk right now. I'm looking at it. And they're serious. And, and they're not put off by this because they, they truly believe, like most of us do, this is a temporary thing. We're going to find our way through this and move forward and life will get back. It, well, I don't think it'll be exactly like it was, but it'll, it'll be a close resemblance of what it was. But as far as buying and selling homes, that part's coming back and it's not going to change. People still need somewhere to live. But we're confident about that. I know you're confident about that. And I just want to make sure that the lending community in general feels the same way. Yeah, no, we do. And, you know, and we also, listen, anything can happen tomorrow that changes what I say, but we also feel we're going to have low rates for mm -hmm. in the foreseeable future. Now, something could happen in the world tomorrow that completely throws that off. But right now in our industry, our community, we feel that we're going to be seeing low rates, for, you know, for some, some time out now, which is going to be great for the purchase. I was okay. looking at a rate comparison this morning, this year versus last year, you know, one year ago today, we're three points higher on rates. It was five and a half percent. For, for rates this time last year. And I'm thinking, wow, that's huge. And I went back and looked at the two, the two year. I mean, I, at this point, I think the two year and the 10 year are almost decoupled. They're moving so much, but you know, we're down to 20 basis points on one and I think 58 basis points on the other one, you know, and, and but if you look from this time last year to today, you know, you, you, it's amazing. You got a three point drop in rates, which is historically, I think as low as it's ever been. I know that, I know we had one week in March where it was literally the lowest we've ever had but it's gotta be close to that right now as well. It is, we're locking high twos, low threes. I mean, That's you know, crazy. That's I've been money. doing this since 91 and we haven't seen that happen too often. <laughs> yeah, I can't use my normal saying about, well, you could make more in the market than they're charging you on interest because the market's too crazy right now. But if you knew what to buy, you could, but that's a whole different conversation. We're not gonna exactly. go there. Okay, so at this point, we've covered all the high points I wanted to cover that I, I think that, that would interest our client, our shared clients, and also those who would be watching this video anyway. Is there anything I haven't asked you that you think would be pertinent to this conversation that would benefit uh, the, the buyers and sellers out there in the market to hear? Well, the only other things, especially for your purchase people, is remember we have to get verification of employments. A lot of those companies are closed down, people working from home, so it's a little bit longer process sometimes to get that. 
if you have two or three houses in a row that are selling, all depending on the other one, probably want to add a few more days onto your escrow because you can't, everybody's not working at the same pace. So just a little bit of, you know, compassion out there for the, just the people that are trying so hard. Um, escrow companies are brilliant. They're keeping up. Title companies keeping up. Um, our our uh, notaries, no problem there. <laughs> they're, they're working it out with all the people. Um, so everybody is being really responsible. Some of our people want to be you know, outside and they want their documents a day ahead so they can air out. We're accommodating whatever um, people want if, as long as we can. But everyone's really being very socially responsible and getting this done. You know, they're purchasing a home and it's something that they really want. So everybody's really jumped in. It's kind of nice to see how everybody works together in times like this. And so, you know, just sometimes you're trying to get a, a, a payoff for mm -hmm. a, a mortgage that can take longer than usual or so things can take in the process the, the services that we require and, we, and lean on to like get us what we need some of those things are taking a little bit longer than normal just because people are at home some people are, aren't working mm -hmm. so but we're still closing things in the time 30 days uh the only the only challenges we've had is like i said if there's three or four in a row that are selling together you're talking, you're talking about if you have a say you're buying a home upstream and you got to sell your home and they got to sell their home. So you got multiple homes involved to make each deal happen. Yes. Okay. Yes. So not every lender you, so normally we don't have a problem with those, but right now it's like the, we had one right now with the lender behind us that was buying our person's house. They, they were just having just a ton of challenges since everybody's sitting there waiting, but what are you going to do? So just as a, as an expectation of our clients that are going to buy houses or sell houses, know that if there's more than one transaction, you might just have to have a little bit of patience. Um, hopefully it'll all turn out, but everyone's really working extra and hard and the people are really going over above board to make all this happen. And we have been closing them on, on time. Yeah. It's important. And, and, for, and just so you know, even though you won't have to deal with it for the most part, the courts are also doing it like that as well. We got between probates and the conservatorship, or no guardianship case we have going on, the courts are actually, because real estate's been declared essential, they're doing video calls and conferences and stuff like that. I, for example, we've got one here in Oak Park we're selling where there's both California courts and Washington courts involved. And they're both doing teleconferences and we're getting things knocked out in a week or 10 days. It used to take three or four months. Usually if you had a, you know, if you wanted to get any kind of hearing on a probate or anything like that, you had to book it at least 60 days out and hope that you got on the calendar within the next 30 and now, literally, we had one that he, the California court got involved two weeks ago, Wednesday, and we got a ruling last Friday. It was, it was that quick. So I think I had a funny story yesterday on your team meeting. And if you're a VA buyer and you're buying it with your fiance, you have to be married to have VA benefits. And of course, nobody's getting married right now because you can't get married. That's well, true. this person has waited for a month to write an offer on a house because he couldn't write it because he couldn't get married. So last Thursday or Friday, the Honda Center opened up and started marrying people. So we told them he got married yesterday, wrote the offer yesterday. <laughs> so some of those some of the government agencies, that one was slowing us down. Poor guy couldn't write for a whole month on a house that he was hoping he could write on. Was, what a great story that is. Think about that. They can tell their kids yeah. and grandkids, yeah, well, we had to get married at a convention center. Yeah, they can't even wait for their big wedding. I mean, they'll still have it one day, one time, yeah. but... They just had to go get married because they had to get this loan. That's awesome. So, I know that's, that's funny. Cool. Yeah. So there's that's the government cool. at its best. They were putting three people through the Honda Center. So I don't even know where the Honda Center is, but whatever it is. Yeah, I think it's down in OC. I don't know. Somewhere. Yeah. So. Excellent.
All right. Well, I tell you what, I won't take any more of your time. I know you're busy with everything else going on. I want to thank you very, very much as always for joining us and always sharing your knowledge. It makes us feel more confident in the market and hopefully it will help our clients as well. And for those of you who are watching, Laura's our favorite lender always. She's with HMS Capital. You can reach her at 818-517-7111 or Laura at lauraberg.com. And we appreciate you, Richard. Love working with you and Kirsten. Thank you very much. You take care. We'll see you next Hi, time. Hi, darling. Have a good day. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to today's episode. If you like what you heard or you want more info, please give us a call at 805-404-1167. Again, that's 805-404-1167 or send an email to sold at powellfinehomes.com. If you're ready to move on with your life in Los Angeles or Ventura counties, call us even quicker. The team at Powell Fine Homes are your real estate experts and who you hire matters. You can find us on the web, on Facebook, and on Instagram every day, and you'll love the results that our proven systems and model deliver for you. Call, email, or DM us today, and we'll see you next time. Thanks again for listening.